0: what is going on everyone welcome to the Slaw sports show i'm your host cole noble aka slaw back here on the Slaw sports show and back on the east coast uh, took a little bit of a break there after the draft uh, took some time to get back to the east coast from los angeles uh, get back some time with my family but it's time to get back down to business the nfl offseason schedule we're right in the heart of the middle of it right now Um, With some teams, you know, last week had some mandatory mini camps for the first time. This week, some teams finally starting um, and continuing with some voluntary OTAs. So, the offseason program is continuing to push along. A lot of new faces on some teams, some rookies getting some time and some action to get started um, and get accumulated with the league and their new teams. New head coaches, new GMs, including a big move today uh, by newly hired GM Omar Khan over with the Pittsburgh Steelers re-signing uh Minka Fitzpatrick to a big new extension, making him now the highest paid safety in NFL history, uh leading the position now and two contracts on the way at that position will have to be um Derwin James and Jesse Bates, who would have to think coming up here in the near future in the NFL. Um, but yeah, offseason program continuing on racing through um and it's been a you know a great opportunity to just look at some of the new teams um look at some of the new players new offenses new schemes all that type of stuff that's going to go into this season and it's yeah i'm i'm ready for it i'm already ready for august and september you know push me over to the start of the season i'm ready to start watching and start you know just digesting some more football but for now um and for the rest and continuing through the rest of the off season here on the soft sports show we will be breaking down each division division by division is something we did i believe two years ago during the offseason i don't think we did it last year we're going to bring it back this year um entering into this year's offseason program on the saw sports show each week we'll be breaking down um the new changes and what to look forward to in each division for all four teams until we are done with all 32 teams and then at that time probably early august uh, based on the schedule we will be breaking down Week uh, week by week for every single team, their schedule, win loss, uh, until we have rankings for every single team uh, this season, and we'll do that live on a show um, closer to August, um, you know, into August once we get to that point. But first and foremost, we do have to break down these divisions and see what is going to happen inside of them. What has happened so far? What to expect this season? All those types of things. So as you see with the title of today's episode, we will be starting with the AFC West. The AFC West probably has made more moves, and especially more splashes than any other division in the National Football League so far this offseason. I mean, you got to think Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos, Devontae Adams going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you got to think, you know, JC Jackson. How about a big signing there by the LA Chargers? Following it up with a trade of um, as well on the defensive line with Khalil Mack. And the Kansas City Chiefs no longer having Tyree Hill at wide receiver. What does that mean for this team going forward? A lot to talk about in this division alone. That's why I want to start with the AFC West. And more so, this seems like the division that right now going into this season, they seem set. All four of these teams, what they've done so far, it seems set. Including after the draft now. Of what their team's gonna look like I don't think any more shocking trades happen within this division uh, whether it's to or from um, these teams that we're gonna be talking about so it's a good place to start um, leading up to this offseason season breakdown um, what we're gonna be doing here so to start it off we'll be starting with the Kansas City Chiefs we see it here the Kansas City Chiefs we talked about the big moves that they've made Tyreek Hill leaving the team now puts a big void Um, In this team's wide receiver core, Um, you know, they still have Travis Kelsey, still have Patrick Mahomes, which are the bread and butter of this offense, but no more downfield threat that they could rely on week in and week out until they started getting some free agent acquisitions as well. So we pull up um, their offensive depth chart, adding in new wide receivers uh, to this team and Judah Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. And then how about going into the draft as well with Sky Moore? A ga- uh, gadget type player that they can rely on, uh, move some sticks here and there, do a lot of special things for them in that offense. Those three guys adding in to really complement what they're missing in Tyreek Hill. Each one of these guys has a little bit of trait that you know the Chiefs can rely on to replicate what they had in Tyreek Hill, and maybe just maybe make it even better than it was before when they had Tyreek Hill. So they got a slew of arsenals on the way in um, draft picks from that Tyreek Hill trade going to the Miami Dolphins. I, I believe five picks it was in that trade from the Mi- um, excuse me, Miami Dolphins. So it was a big trade uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs and something that they needed to figure out the compensation for. It was kind of a stunner when it happened. No one expected Tyreek Hill to be traded. Um, I remember it vividly. It was an early morning decision. Um, you know, the report started coming in. And by the end of that day, Tyreek Hill was out of town and headed um, to south beach in miami so now what does this mean for the kansas city chiefs no longer having Tyreek Hill, we talked about the new additions at wide receiver but the big thing here that they have to think about going forward into this season is the connection between patrick mahomes and travis kelsey that connection between their one and two guys on the offense now is going to be heavily tested this season because you talk about matchups you talk about exploiting matchups and you know, finding a way to mix and match your pieces on your offense. No team did that better than the Kansas City Chiefs with your speed downfield threat in Tyreek Hill, a big arm quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and then how about a big guy at tight end? A guy who can do it all at the position. You know, Honestly, he does more wide receiver work than tight end work, and this guy is a beast over the middle of the field. He's a beast in short yard situations, a beast in the red zone, and that is it. Uh, in Travis Kelsey at tight end. Having all three of those guys working together, we're able to exploit defenses time and time again. But now, no longer having Tyree Kill, you're now doing down pretty much to a one and two X factors on this offense. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, we know what kind of connection these two guys can have. I mean, how many years in a row? You know, I think it was four years in a row, except for last season. Travis Kelsey was the number one tight end in fantasy football. We knew what kind of impact this guy can have. Talk about his age, all you want to. He's still performing year after year. This guy is, but how is he going to do this time? Because you think about it, every you know, every week going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, your mindset's going to be focusing on how do we stop Travis Kelsey? How do we stop this connection between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in this passing offense? And if you can do that, they might be all right. They no longer have to worry about a speed guy in. Tyreek Hill that can fully take a game over by himself. You know, a guy who's had 200 yard, yards receiving pretty much in a single game. And multiple times, this guy's going to, you know, very much be counted on getting at least 100 yards and a touchdown every single game. No longer have to worry about in this offense. And so now you go to the horse barn, to the stable at wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we talked about the additions. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver. Miko Hartman stays. Marquis valdez Scandling, that seems like the top three that's going to run this offense pretty much. Um, And then, the depth behind those guys. I mean, I'm going to pull it up here, uh, just so you guys can see this. Here we are. Pull this up here, even without Tyreek Hill, this is a tweet um, I had back in June 8th. I said, even without Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs still might have the deepest wide receiver room when you look at five deep at the position across the league. I mean, look at this, Juju Smith-Schuster. Marquez valdez scaling, Mikko Hardeman, Sky Moore, and Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon and Sky Moore aren't even pretty much in the starting lineup, it'll seem like, for this Chiefs team. Um, I mean, obviously Sky Moore's going to work in here and there um, in certain situations. Like I said, as that gadget-type player. And Josh Gordon will see what kind of impact he has coming back in for another year with the Chiefs right now. Looking like the beast that he looks like um, in the Chiefs training camp right now throughout their practices. From what I've seen in all the pictures and videos of him, he looks great and looks like he's gonna be ready to make an impact on the NFL team yet again. So this Chiefs offense, I mean, I don't think they're really gonna slow down outside of having Tyree Kill. I mean, you talk about the downfield speed, you still might be able to replicate that in Marquez Valdez-Scanling. No one uh, quite does it like him. Um, you know, as a Packers fan speaking here, seeing Marquez Valdez-Scanling up close and personal, you know, being that downfield threat for the Green Bay Packers, Time and time again getting behind the defense. He's gonna be able to bring that same straight uh, same trait, excuse me, to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm excited to see him keep working on that one. But that you know, that five deep wide receiver, they're gonna do some work and make a lot of noise for this Chiefs offense to where they now have more weapons than before to work with going into this season. The other thing for this Chiefs offense to consider is going to be the run game as well, adding in um, another player to the run game this offseason in Ronald Jones. uh, Coming over from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it seems like he's going to be the more traditional type of bell cow. Uh, Running back for this offense, you know, your first, second down guy, um, your potential chunk runner, um, maybe even a little bit of some short yardage situations, you want to rely on Ronald Jones maybe um, in those situations as well. But the big thing here is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, leading up to this week, everyone thought it, you know, it was finally time uh, for Clyde edwards um, You know Williams was out of the picture at running back. It looked like Jarek McKinnon. No one knew if he was going to get re-signed or not, um, but has since been re-signed this week to this team. But it looked like that passing situation type of role for a running back was going Clyde Edwards-Alaire's way and that no one was going to compete for those snaps against him. So fantasy football-wise, it looked like a great year. Maybe even his year this year for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, but I think you got a little maybe we have to pump the brakes a little bit on that um, as of this week with Jarrett McKinnon coming back at running back. Um, he's gonna hop right back into those passing situations that he was able to exploit a lot last year, especially in the playoffs with this Chiefs offense. Getting uh Jared McKinnon involved in the passing game was a big thing that they like to like to do in their first couple of games in the playoffs. But still, Clyde Edwards hilaire might still be in line for a good year. I want to see how they really want to try to implement, um, Ronald Jones as well in this offense. Ronald Jones is the second. Like I said, how much of a traditional running back role is he going to get? Um, you know, uh, you know, traditionally scheming all the running plays his way, um, and what kind of work Clyde Edwards-Helaire gets. But I think the target share is still pretty favorable. Um, if you want to look at Clyde Edwards-Helaire in fantasy, just because of that low ADP he has right now. Uh, but Jarrett McKinnon—that scares me. Him coming back into this lineup um, currently, right now at the third uh, running back spot in their depth chart, uh, which is where I have him too going into this season. But Jared McKinnon—you know—if what we saw in the playoffs is any in, any inclination of what they're going to do this year um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to use Jarrett McKinnon a lot in that passing game as well. So yet again, another option uh, for Patrick Mahomes in that passing game. Uh, but we'll see what happens. So now let's talk about uh, the defense. Of this Kansas City Chiefs team um, and figure out what kind of you know what's kind of gonna work for them this season uh, last year a big thing and a big liability for them was that secondary uh, for the Chiefs team I mean up front they pretty much were fine and pretty much looks like they're gonna be fine yet again uh, Frank Clark's a beast um, on the inside with Chris Jones um, Chris Jones of course is a beast as well uh, adding in George Karlaftis um, also off the edge out of Purdue and um, the draft it was a good move one of the ones that i actually really liked from the kansas city chiefs this season um, but the big thing like i said is the secondary It was a big thing that hurt them uh, hurt them last year in kansas city that was a liability for them they went out and tried to address it in the first round with trent mcduffie out of washington he right now looks like he's in line to be their number one corner um you know maybe competing in the job with uh for the job with legeria sneed who's their number one cornerback last year Rashad Fenton behind him, AJ, uh, excuse me, DeAndre Baker, uh, behind him, pretty much rounds out the depth they might have at the cornerback position, and then at safety as well. Justin Reed, a big free agent acquisition that they had, um, coming from the Houston Texans, and Jawan Thornhill as their starting safeties. So this one will be one to watch. This secondary, I mean, are they going to be able to rebound after what they have, you know, what they allowed to happen last year, being a liability time and time again? Or is this time they're going to maybe mold um, and form better, um, you know, try not to be a liability? Because that's what they were last year. Trim McDuffie is a guy I liked a lot in the draft process. Um, I want to see what he does here. Um, But being matched up potentially with number one wide receivers, um, you know, depending on how they replaced him and Lajarius Sneed, might not do him any favors going into his rookie season. Uh, So maybe Lajarius Sneed might bump up to that number one spot um, at corner, that's the one we're going to have to watch uh, throughout training camp to see. Um, honestly, the most number one thing we're going to have to watch, I would say, for the Chiefs this training camp um, is going to be um, Trent McDuffie and LeJaria Sneed, who's going to be that number one uh, type role in this offense. And it's going to be tough to see going against their own teams. Might have to wait until we get to some preseason action um, and toward week one until we get that answer of what's gonna, you know what that Chiefs defense is going to look like in the secondary. Who's going to be the guy covering the you know opposing offense's number one receivers? But honestly, it's important. Uh, will the Chiefs' defense and will their secondary be able to hold up this season? That was the downfall of this team last year in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see if that will be the case again this time uh, going into this season because when you got Patrick Mahomes and you got Andy Reid, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, going into this season, and that's exactly what I think this team has in mind. Um, It's a potential, you know, another crown in this AFC West division. So while I start with them first, they might be the team that, you know, comes out on top again, but they're going to have a lot of competition this year and, you know, a lot of competition that they haven't had in a couple, you know, the last couple of years And you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's move on um, here. Also real quick, uh, let's pause it real quick. The one thing I do want to talk about with the Chiefs as well before we wrap up with them um, is last year going into the season for the Kansas City Chiefs and last offseason, the big thing was Operation Keep Patrick Mahomes upright in the pocket. That was a big thing. That was their downfall in the Super Bowl two years ago against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went out and made a lot of moves for their offensive line. Um, you can talk about bringing in Joe Thune, you know, drafting Creed Humphrey, drafting Trey Smith, trading for Orlando Brown, a complete overhaul on the offensive line. All those guys still in place. You even add in um, a depth piece as well and darian Kennard out of kentucky in the draft another guy who i like that we talked about on the show uh, when we broke down our offensive line class uh, maybe a guy I threw them there at the end as you know just another guy i liked going in to this year's draft but orlando brown joe thuney creed humphrey trey smith and andrew wiley seems like the same starting five is going to be in place for the chiefs which is a huge benefit for that team going into this year keeping those guys in place keeping some uh, consistency in that unit up front uh, so year two of Operation Keep Patrick Mahomes upright in the pocket seems to be in full effect uh, and might be a huge benefit for this team going forward into this division. All right, now let's switch over and talk about the L.A. Chargers. Uh, so the L.A. Chargers, a com- another complete overhaul to their defense this season. I talked about bringing in J.C. Jackson. I talked about bringing in Khalil Mack. Mack. Uh, they're going to have another year of hopefully a fully healthy Derwin James this season who, as always, when he's on the fields, has a potential to win defensive player of the year. The guy is just an absolute freak at the safety position. So looking at the Chargers this season, all eyes, of course, are going to be on Justin Herbert. Going in to, I believe his third year, yeah, third year at quarterback for the LA Chargers. He's getting closer and closer to contract time. First contract, expecting, you know, you would think to be a big one, with the way he has played in his first two years. Last year took a little bit of a step forward, but I didn't say, you know, I wouldn't really say he took a leap. I mean, he took a step forward to proving himself as the easy top 10 quarterback in the National Football League, maybe even rivaling um, a top five spot. But he has yet to lead his team to the playoffs and year three has to be the year he does it. That has to be the goal. Make the playoffs this year for the LA Chargers. You can't have another year where you're just just right out of it. You know, first one out of the playoffs yet again. We cannot have that happen if you're the LA Chargers of this season. And it's Justin Herbert's time to prove himself. You want to be proven as a top ten quarterback. You want to be proven as a potential top five quarterback and get that big contract going into, you know, your second contract in the National Football League. Get your team to the playoffs. Will this team into the playoffs this year? And the other thing with the LA Chargers is second year head coach Brandon Saley. I mean, Brandon Staley, in my opinion, is on a thin line right now. Last year, I had him as my pick to win Coach of the Year. This year, he is on a thin line between that Coach of the Year caliber and maybe a potential warming-up seat caliber going into his third year after this season. Depending on what happens this year for the Chargers, Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert need to get things right, will this team in the playoffs this year. Otherwise, you cannot consider the season to be a success for the la chargers the way this team has built this team is built to have a deep playoff run and yet they cannot make the playoffs so that's the big thing for the chargers this season gotta reach the playoffs this year for justin herbert and brandon stale because of what this team has done but let's keep talking about um this offense again before we jump to their defense um just breaking down what they were able to do this year offense pretty much looks the same going into it uh, Justin Herbert at quarterback, of course. Uh, running back, they're keeping um, Austin Eckler in place. Uh, they still got pretty much some of the same depth pieces behind him: Joshua Kelly, Larry Lountry the third um, on their depth chart. I also think maybe a Justin Jackson can get re-signed, and then of course they went out and drafted Isaiah Spiller as well out of Texas A&M, um, another big addition um, to this team that maybe could get some work as a rookie and a pretty, you know, manageable size load as a rookie. Again, it depends on what happens with JC Jackson, excuse me, Justin Jackson. Um, if he gets re-signed at running back, I think that's still one of potential slide-in uh, toward training camp The uh, Chargers might do. I mean, we just saw the Chiefs re-sign Jarrett McKinnon. I think the Chargers could follow suit uh, with a similar move in re-signing Justin Jackson as well. So that puts that running back situation kind of in a little turmoil I mean, is it going to be a trust Austin Eckler to be the lead role, to be your every down back again for the second year in a row? Or is it going to be rely on the depth game? I mean, you know the injury history with Austin Eckler. Do they potentially rely on the depth at this position um, that they're now trying to create with Isaiah Spiller, Josh Kelly, Larry, Round, Larry Roundtree, excuse me, and maybe a Justin Jackson? Do they rely on that depth at running back? Or do you let Austin Eckler just be Austin Eckler? You know be that every down back that can you know potentially be electrifying on this offense and the you know really the time that keeps this thing going at running back like he was last year that will be interesting to see as well uh see what kind of moves they make at that position uh going forward um and then you look at the wide receiver room and the wide receiver room is really one of the strengths of this team going into this season when we talk about the la chargers keenan allen bonafide star one of the best route runners in the national football league easily a top three route runner in the league sitting there at number one wide receiver they were able to keep him going into yet get another year with the chargers this guy is a difference maker number one wide receiver stud for sure and right behind him mike williams two guys now keenan allen and mike williams both honestly you can consider being top 15 wide receivers in the national football league going into this season mike williams had a huge jump last year playing with Justin Herbert. They're really able to get that connection in place and just jump at the potential that they had last year playing alongside each other. Um, and, you know, just being that number two option beside Keenan Allen. But there's another name that's getting a lot of buzz this past week, um, especially throughout their practices in the fantasy football world that we need to talk about. And that is going to be Joshua Palmer, second year player out of Tennessee last year 353 yards and four touchdowns you know pretty honestly considerable stats because last year he was the number four wide receiver behind Jalen Guyton being the number three but it's looking like going into year two Joshua Palmer might finally be turning that you know turning that page going into year two where he might now be potentially that number three wide receiver this offense which puts him in the line for a huge season this year uh, lining up with like I said, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you put him in there now as a number three guy, getting considerable snaps in that offense with Justin Herbert. He's gonna find him early and often in this, uh, you know, in multiple games. So Jalen Guyton, another one to consider if you're a fantasy football player out there, uh, like myself. Joshua Palmer is getting drafted considerably low uh, for what potentially could happen if he takes that wide receiver three role and locks it in throughout the entire season. So another one to uh, potentially watch out for, maybe breaking out. I mean, you talk about Mike Williams breaking out last year in this offense. This offense bre- uh, breakout this year might be Joshua Palmer playing alongside Justin Herbert. So another player to watch um, at the wide receiver position is going to be uh, Josh Palmer. And real quick, we do want to throw out there Gerald Everett at tight end as well with Darnold, uh, Donald Parham Jr. coming in for an, yet another year with Gerald Everett coming into the scene now also at tight end. Uh, no more Jared Cook. Gerald Everett will be taking that role now. Um, but usually the Chargers aren't too keen on using their tight ends, uh, especially you know, what we've seen the last three, uh, two years uh, with Justin Herbert. You know They liked a little bit of some uh, tight end play last year, but I don't think that's going to be the case, especially with these three wide receivers. If they start mixing in multiple running backs in this offense, they'll get creative uh, for sure in what they can do with the Chargers. But the defense of the LA Chargers... That's what we need to talk about, because they have stars all over this entire defense and young rising stars as well, and now you're adding in huge additions that we've already discussed with this team. I mean, you pull up their cornerback room, Asante Samuel Jr. going into year two. Um, He was a, even as a rookie, was a star last year, but now they bring in JC Jackson, and JC Jackson's going to be their number one guy. Asante Samuel is a huge rising star at number two, Bryce Callahan behind him. As our number three corner off the bench maybe even potentially being a nickel back corner as well uh, for this team and then you get to the safeties Derwin James and uh, you know like I said stud you know if he's on the field and if he's healthy he is in contention for winning defensive player of the year every single year the type of impact this guy has at the safety position he is in line for a huge contract now like I you know talked about hinted at at the intro of today's episode with a new extension going uh, Tamika Fitzpatrick, Derwin James is in line for a bag here in the next few weeks, maybe even before the season starts. And then Nasir Adderley uh, lined up with them at safety as well as their top two. Inside linebacker got Kenneth Murray and Drew Quang- uh, Tranquil. Outside linebackers, like I said, uh, Khalil Mack coming in uh, from the Chicago Bears and Joey Bosa. They form one of the most formidable um, edge-rushing duos in the entire league. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I mean, are you serious? Adding in also Kyle Van Noy, another free agent addition they made. How about Sebastian Joseph Day, a defensive tackle, bringing him in um, with Jerry Tillery in that middle of that defensive line? I mean, talent all over the board for this LA Chargers defense. They are completely stacked on Brandon Staley's defense, no question. A defensive guy, head coach, he's going to make moves going into his second year. I mean, that defense was nowhere near where he wanted to be last year. Was, you know Got a lot of questions because of it. Being a defensive head coach, some of those questions also from me. But now in a year two, he made moves this offseason to make sure that defense will be formidable against the top teams in the conference in order to potentially make a deep playoff run. And like I said, this roster is built for it. They are built for a deep playoff run in LA. All they need to do now is prove it. Prove it, prove it, prove it. Prove you can make the playoffs. Prove you can beat a team in the playoffs, and then we'll talk about a deep playoff run, but a lot is aligned right now for this LA Chargers team to finally make some more considerable jumps now this season from what we saw last season. So the LA Chargers, great moves this offseason. I mean, honestly, talk about wanting to give a team an A in the offseason. JC Jackson and Khalil Mackin alone. Those two alone give you an A in the offseason, in my opinion. Two great additions that's easily going to impact this team and be you know, automatic stars where they already had stars on that unit. So great moves um, by that team this offseason with the L.A. Chargers. They're in line now. Um, actually, over here, do you think AFC West sees a single team with a sub-500 record? Probably not. I mean, honestly, I think all four teams um, end up having winning seasons this year. I think multiple teams go over. Nine wins uh, this season, in my opinion. I think two teams go over nine. One will be in the eight, um, and then the other one will also be over five hundred, uh, depending on how that shakes out. Maybe even like two eights, you know, a ten, and like a twelve or an eleven or something. I mean, now this this division is absolutely going to beat it, you know beat themselves apart. They are going to absolutely hit each other every single game. You know, on paper, none of these you know divisional games look like Locks for one way or the other i mean honestly it's a toss-up either way you look at it with all these teams playing each other you never know who can come out on top i mean you think maybe the raiders potentially could be the worst team in this division but the raiders they've proven to beat the chiefs they've proven to beat the chargers i'm you know i think they can you know prove to beat uh the russell wilson led, uh russell wilson led denver broncos as well so yeah that's a good question i'd I don't think that we're going to see a single team with a sub-500 record. Uh, no, I do not think that will happen. I think every team will have winning records this year in the AOC West, um, and it'll be exciting to see how they um, you know, battle each other out every single game this season. So we'll go to our next team to talk about, and we just talked about the big addition they made in the Denver Broncos, bringing in Russell Wilson at quarterback. They finally may have found their guy. At quarterback and yes it took trading away drew lock um and noah phantom make it happen but they got russell wilson from the seattle seahawks now as their starting quarterback and this team is primed to explode now that they finally have a quarterback worth something in the picture and even a former super bowl winning quarterback and russell wilson who's still right there in his prime you'd have to think the way he has been playing uh the last few years in seattle You know, you can't credit a lot of things that have happened there on him. I think he is ready to explode and prove that he is still in the prime of his career in his first year of the Denver Broncos this season. So, Russell Wilson, like you said, let's ride. Let's ride this year in the first year under head coach Nathaniel Hackett for the Denver Broncos. I'm excited. I'm excited because the Denver Broncos might finally have something for the first time since Peyton Manning left. This team has hope and it all relies on russell wilson can he be the guy to save this team and bring the denver broncos back to glory that's you know the big question going into this season and everyone's excited about the denver broncos everyone is excited at a team potentially contending with the chiefs for the top spot in the afc west for a top spot in the afc in general in representing the afc in the super bowl A lot of teams are hyping up the Denver Broncos to be that team this season now that they made that move to get Russell Wilson. And honestly, the arsenal, the absolute stockpile of weapons that they have on offense at Russell Wilson's disposal is something that he probably has never seen before in his entire career. I'm excited to see exactly what he does with it. I mean, the wide receivers in the Denver Broncos, you got Cortland Sutton, uh, coming back in, you think he, you know you would think going into this year he'd been their number one wide receiver. He's the one working the most with Russell Wilson, from what I've seen so far since he got his way over to Denver. Jerry Judy right behind him. This guy is a you know specialist at what he can do. You know his release, his separation, everything makes him an incredible athlete. Tim Patrick, the most underrated number three wide receiver and probably the best number three wide receiver. In the NFL KJ Hamler behind Tim Patrick I mean four solid wide receivers and again I want to bring back up the fantasy football potential those four guys are great they are absolute a fantasy stockpile if you want to cash in on the Denver Broncos in fantasy you can get any one of those guys and rely on them especially in a best ball format why not why not dip into this Denver Broncos stockpile that they have on offense at wide receiver add in some of these guys Potentially boom, you know, a random week. I mean, what, you know, a random week, Tim Patrick could go off. A random week, Jerry Judy can consistently go off, you know, 15, you know, 12, 15 points potentially. And Cortland Sutton, the same way, being that number one uh, wide receiver in this offense. I like this Denver Broncos offense with this, you know, options they have at Russell Wilson's um, disposal um, to, uh, or disposal, excuse me, at Russell Wilson's disposal to really rely on these guys and have reliable guys and not just, you know, a Tyler Lockett and a DK Metcalf. You have four solid guys at the position now that you can rely on and throw the ball to, and he's already working with them, um, you know, trying to get that connection down and in place before the start of the season, doing exactly what you would hope your starting quarterback would do, you know, being out in the community as well, um, you know, just a true blessing. Russell Wilson has already been to the Denver Broncos team, that they, you know, a blessing they haven't seen, like I said, since Peyton Manning. Russell Wilson is going to be very special for this team and fran- their franchise, on the field and off the field. And I'm happy he ended up in a great situation for him. Let's talk about another move that the Broncos made that really struck nerves with some fantasy football people, but honestly might not be as big of a deal as you thought. Um, and that's bringing back Melvin Gordon the third at running back. Um, Everyone thought it would finally be the takeover of Javante Williams in year two with this offense. Javante Williams was one of the most explosive runners in the league last year. This guy was breaking tackles like crazy, running all over the field, but just couldn't quite put big games together, being that number two behind Melvin Gordon. And everyone thought with uh, Melvin Gordon entering free agency, people were thinking and hoping that Javante Williams his time was going to come to be the lead guy in this offense and really take over and command um, that running back room in Denver. Ultimately, Melvin Gordon now back in the picture. What does that mean for this running back room for the Denver Broncos? Well, Javante Williams, I think he's still going to have a great year going into year two. I still think he is going to be the guy that have the big runs, the explosive runs time and time again, breaking tackles, do the same thing he did last year. And maybe now in year two, Denver realizes what they have and what they can use in Javante Williams to give him more snaps, give him you know more opportunities to run the ball this season, as opposed to using Melvin Gordon. So maybe a potential 60-40 split, uh, you know, toss up every game of who gets that 60%, maybe closer in line to a 50-50 split running the ball. Uh, but Melvin Gordon as well, don't shy away from him in fantasy football. I mean, look at the touchdowns this guy produced last year. This guy was a touchdown machine, rushing and receiving. Last year for the Broncos, and that was without Russell Wilson. Now with Russell Wilson, Melvin Gordon's going to enter right back into that same situation this year for the Denver Broncos. Still be a reliable guy uh, that can potentially get some touchdowns when they need to, some you know some chunk yard situations uh, where they need someone to just you know pick up a first down and maybe even get some more after that. You know the you know yards after contact, all that kind of stuff that Melvin Gordon brings to your offense. That's what they're bringing back here alongside Javante Williams. So while it's not going to be the, you know, finally, Javante Williams show in Denver, it's still going to be a great situation. Even though they have Melvin Gordon back, I think these two can complement each other yet again for another season. And honestly, bringing back Melvin Gordon just gives this offense another weapon. From a Denver Broncos perspective, you'd have to love bringing back Melvin Gordon as much as you'd want to see Javante Williams bust some heads play. You know, every single play. Melvin Gordon brings more stability to this position more depth to this position, and another option to utilize in exploiting defenses within this offense. That's what Melvin Gordon brings to you. I like him coming back to this team as much as I wanted to see Javante Williams take over and be the league guy. It makes sense to have Melvin Gordon come back for another year. So lastly, let's talk about, like I said, the defense. Um, You know, like we talked about the last two teams, offense first, defense. Second, the Denver Broncos. Their defense will be controlled by their edge rushers. They have some studs at linebacker and outside linebacker that they are going to rely on this season heavily on this defense. I mean, Bradley Chubb teaming up with Randy Gregory on the edge. Um, now, you know, no more Von Miller. Trade him last year to the LA Rams. Congrats getting your ring. Congrats getting your bag in Buffalo. But now a new era in Denver signing Randy Gregory, being able to pry him away literally from the Dallas Cowboys. Adding him now with Bradley Chubb, who hopefully will come back and have a full, healthy season this year, hopefully. But in, then in the draft, adding Nick Bonito as well, I would expect him to come off the edge a little bit um, and be the guy that they can rely on. Um, signing him or drafting him with their first pick in this year's draft, um, you know, as their number three guy that they're going to have um, on the edge, and then an inside linebacker uh, for the Denver Broncos. What they've got growing here, Alex Singleton. Uh, Josie Jewel, uh, Jewel as well, maybe potentially some, uh, can bring in um, a Baron Browning maybe on the inside. Honestly, uh, might utilize him more on the edge as well. Uh, but still, some you know some players that can you know make an impact for the Denver Broncos this season. Some considerable players in this defense that can hold up that offense. Um, you know that we're expecting DJ Jones, uh, Mike uh, Mike Purcell, on you know. At, you know Excuse me. In the interior of that defensive line, um, you got Pat Sertan. I mean, talk about Pat Sertan going into year two with this secondary. Pat Sertan was a great player last year. Anthony Brown, Kelvin Joseph behind him at cornerback, and that safety you still got Justin. Ja- uh, excuse me, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Uh, so Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, they're a top, you know, safety duo as well. Those two guys, what they can bring um, at safety. So I like this secondary in Denver. I like the pass rushers that they brought in. Um, to help out um, Bradley Chubb as well. So this team, I they're going to compete. They are going to compete to win this division. And honestly, it might be a smart bet for the Denver Broncos to win the AFC West. I like what they did this offseason. I like the pieces that they have in place. And if any team is going to beat the Chiefs, it's going to be the Denver Broncos. As much as I love the LA Chargers, I don't see them stacking up enough wins. They have a hard time doing that last year, trying to stack wins. I think the Broncos could be the team that stacks wins. I mean, they're even doing it last year without Russell Wilson, sometimes stacking a couple wins here and there um, and trying to get them back on the right track. But now, the moves they've made this year, getting back on track now, the Denver Broncos are a, you know, a good team to root for and a good team to have high expectations on this season. So last, but certainly not least, to talk about in this AFC West division, the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's talk about the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders now going into this season. The big move, obviously, we talked about was Devontae Adams getting in the number one wide receiver in the National Football League, taking him away from the Green Bay Packers, and the, you know, big discrepancy there. It wasn't any remorse. It was more of a career opportunity is the best way to put it for Devontae Adams. Still got the same bag he would have in Green Bay contract-wise, but he wanted to make the best decision of his future uh, and the best decision for the rest of his career. Why not get some stability at the quarterback position? Uh, really was the big thing long-term for Devontae Adams, and why not play with your college best friend and former quarterback—that you know, you know, the player that you absolutely dominated with at Fresno State, scored, you know ridiculous amounts of touchdowns a year that's what you're bringing in to the las vegas raiders the guy who is the best wide receiver in the national football league and honestly just threw a couple picks to get him not a bad move by the las vegas raiders making sure they have that in place because their wide receiver room looked absolutely dreadful outside of Devonte adams now you have Devonte adams hunter renfro and it falls off from there demarcus robinson keaton nicole and Matt Collins, but Hunter Renfro and Navante Adams both got well-due bags this year, Hunter Renfro. Another player like Keenan Allen is one of the top uh, route runners in the National Football League, one of the best slot wide receivers in the National Football League. Hunter Renfro is a very, very serviceable player that the Las Vegas Raiders absolutely love, and they paid him well to keep him in place um, on that contract that he well-deserved. So now, with everything in place, I mean, Darren Waller, you have a top three tight end in this offense. and You have the number one wide receiver in the National Football League in Devontae Adams. If he can stay playing at the uh, you know level he was playing in Green Bay, everything is in line. For Derek Carr to potentially have the best season he's ever had. You know, going back to that year, um, you know, was it, 2015, I think it was, the Raiders, that playoff team, uh, Michael Crabtree and Mari Cooper went off that year. Derek Carr had one of his best seasons before ultimately having a you know bad leg injury that took him out from the playoffs. The expectation and potential of that season, that's what the Raiders have potentially brewing this year and for the next couple years in Las Vegas. But this year, Derek Carr has the potential to have his best season statistically this year with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller being his big three i mean you'd hope darren waller maybe gets his contract soon uh there were some trade talks died down with the green bay packers they you know the league shut that down and stepped in with darren waller being added to that Devonte adams trade but instead he stays stays in vegas a top three tight end stays home um and now Derek carr has everything at his disposal no more excuses for Derek Carr, this year has to be the year. Made the playoffs last year, got bounced, you know, in the first round by the Cincinnati Bengals, who went on to go to the Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year for the Raiders because this is going to be a tight race to see who gets in and who gets out, uh, who gets left out. Excuse me, in this division. Is it going to be the Chargers this weekend? Is it going to be the Broncos that run things? Is it going to be the Raiders that find a way to get in? And you know, for the second year in a row or is it just going to be the chiefs running it all yet again for yet another year such an interesting division and that's why i want to start with it um, but let's keep going with the raiders i mean we talked about the weapons on offense we didn't talk about the running backs and the running backs have been the talk of the town in las vegas um you know josh jacob reports are coming out that last year um you know the you know the toll he was having being the bell horse guy in this offense he wanted uh Kenyon dre to get more involved went to the higher ups you know Trying to plead for Kenyon Drake to be, you know, utilized more on this offense with the weapon that you know Josh Jacobs realized that he can be playing alongside him and you know get some workload off his back. This year, what's going to happen? Is it going to be the Josh Jacobs show yet again, or is this going to be more of a more of a potential committee-like backfield? Um, you know, maybe a Josh McDaniels potential style backfield that he ran in New England where it's you know pretty much a two-back show. And who's gonna be those two backs? I mean, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Kenny and Drake coming back, and then you have Zamir White, who they drafted uh, this year out of Georgia, that they are really happy about, and have a you know, really promising guy coming out of Georgia that they, ha- they now they have at running back. And honestly, Zamir White, he is the guy who has the potential to take over this backfield. If they no longer want to keep Josh Jacobs in line, decline to pick up his fifth year option uh, going into next season, what's gonna happen? in this Vegas Raiders backfield is it going to be the Josh Jacobs show, ride him out and just, you know, ride him out dry for one more year and then dump him or are you going to just listen to him and be a committee backfield, get Kenyon Drake involved, get Samir White involved with this running back room and take some pressure off of Josh Jacobs finally um at this running back position and on this offense. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at you know the big flashy wide receivers that they have. I'm not looking at the options of Derek Carr and his you know in due line for a best season of his career. I'm looking at this running back room. How will this running back room be decided in Las Vegas, with Josh McDaniels calling the shots? And of course, Josh McDaniels. It looks like all signs are great. I mean, at this point, I don't think he's going to pull an Indianapolis Colts situation again and dump them, head back to New England while they're you know, scr- you know struggling and scampering to try to find their offensive coordinator. I think they're, you know, Josh McDaniels is happy with where he's at um, and ready to, you know, go into this season being the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's exciting to see, you know, a head coach with some stability, some pedigree, going into this team, going into this franchise. I'm sure Raiders fans are very excited about that, and it looks like he is committed uh, for the first time now with a new team um, going into this season. So all signs point to a great year with Josh McDaniels. We'll just see what the Raiders can do with it this year going into this season. So let's switch uh now and talk about their defense. Defense for the Las Vegas Raiders, again, just like the Chiefs questionable secondary, but as for the Raiders, pass rush is going to be the strength on this defense and let's look at it. I mean, first of all, let's talk about Max Crosby, a guy who easily you know, you talk about players who needed the bag, who deserve the bag and a new contract after the season that you know wasn't, wasn't going to demand it, but you look at their performance, you look at it time and time again on their team, Max Crosby, more than anyone, deserved that new contract he got. Out of all the contracts given out this past offseason, Max Crosby is the one who deserved it more than anybody. A guy who was absolutely changing and wrecking games last year in the fourth quarter, especially late-game situations. He was the one who stepped up for the Las Vegas Raiders, and they paid him, deservedly so, last year on that defense. And how about Dave Ziegler as well, going out and getting Chandler Jones, a big-name free agent acquisition that they had on this defense, prying him away, um, You know, got him out of free agency after he left the Arizona Cardinals. Chandler Jones, now, that's two, again, two big names on that defensive line. I mean, we talked about Joy Bosa and Khalil Mack. We talked about Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. For the Raiders, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and even behind them, you got Denzel Perryman and Clinton Farrell as well. Depth at that defensive pass rush um, for the Las Vegas Raiders, that's their strength. Easily their strength for that team is that defensive pass rush, because outside of that, it gets pretty ugly. I mean, Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols, they'll hold their own on the interior of that defensive line, but a linebacker, now, uh, Jalen Brown, Devon Diablo, Micah Kaiser, Kyler Fackrell, I mean, looking like the same unit going into this year as well. Um, safety, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Moorig, Daron Harmon, same deal as there, um, you know, same deal as well there going into this season. Trayvon Mullen, Nate Hobbs at corner, you know, they did bring in Rocky Sin um, in the trade that sent Yannick Ngakwe to the Indianapolis Colts, but is Rocky Sin ready for that big role? of being a guy that they have to rely on every single game for the Las Vegas Raiders. This defense, outside their pass rush, is still questionable going into this year for the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's what, you know, defensively, I'm concerned for the Las Vegas Raiders of what they're going to do this season. I want to start watching them a little bit more. I want to start paying attention a little bit more of their practices here in the next couple of weeks to see how this defense shakes out, see how they're looking against this offense. Because the offense has a lot of pieces. I mean, once we get the team periods for the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm going to start tuning in a lot more now um, than I was before in years past for the Vegas Raiders. Because that defense now has an offense to challenge them in practice to step up. And like the old saying goes, iron sharpens iron. Let's see if that defense can step up and prove themselves going up against that offense before we get to game time in August, you know, late August, early September. So again, pass rush. Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush is the only takeaway for this defense and the depth they have at that you know unit and position on that defensive line. It's going to be a big thing and a big strong suit for the Raiders going into this season. And finally, we'll close it here with the Raiders. How about Dave Ziegler? I mean, what a impact he has made in his first year at general manager coming in from that Patriots regime. Uh, we talked about bringing in, uh, you, know, you know, even coming into it. Uh, with Josh McDaniels. I mean, those two were hired pretty neck and neck with each other, but the moves he has made and the presence he has made known with this team, you know, a contract to Derek Carr, a contract to Max Crosby, a contract to Hunter Renfro, signing Chandler Jones, um trading on trading for Devontae Adams first and foremost, and you know, coming away with it with honestly a pretty good bargain on his end. A first round pick and a second round pick in this year's class. While the Green Bay Packers got some great picks out of it, the Raiders got the home run selection in that trade, the number one wide receiver in the draft, and were able to, you know, help you know get some help from the league and shut down Darren Waller from leaving, keeping him on the same team. Dave Ziegler is doing it right right now for this Raiders team, so round of applause for him in his first year at GM, doing a lot of great moves and keeping that team intact um, and adding some pieces they're no, they're going to need to maybe try to make it back for a second consecutive playoff run for the Las Vegas Raiders. So that closes out our AFC West division. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for watching. If you enjoyed any part of today's episode, make sure to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel or just share it. If you're listening to it on the podcast, share it. Um, We'll go a long ways, and I'll be very appreciative as well. Share that you're listening to the Saw Sports Show. But again, thank you for watching. Next week, we'll be back for the NFC West. We got Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers next week to talk about the offseason breakdowns, a little bit of some season previews of the division. So that's the way we're going to do it. Hop back and forth, AFC, NFC. So AFC West today, NFC West next week on Wednesday. So again, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for tuning in. You guys are the best. So until next time, peace.